Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah Most gracious, most merciful Islam's revival of Jesus' teachings The Clear Religion Series, Part 6 Excerpted from Who Deserve to be Worshipped Written by Majid S. Rassi Part 2 Page 28 7. Revival of the Prohibition of Augury Knowledge of what is going to happen in the future is an attribute of Allah alone. No one knows what will happen in the near or distant future except Him. The revealed scriptures prohibited augury and witchcraft because those who engage in these practices try to raise themselves to the level of Allah in terms of assuming one of his divine attributes. Forecasting the weather is not considered part of augury and witchcraft because weather forecasters depend upon physical measurements and mathematical calculations. This is unlike augury and witchcraft, where a person claims to know what is going to happen in the future, just like Allah knows. And for Allah is the highest of example. In fact, He alone is all-knowing. Jesus prohibited augury and witchcraft. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 26 says, you shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. You shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes. This is Leviticus again, chapter 19, verse 26. Islam revived this doctrine that Allah alone knows the future. Allah has mentioned the unseen is only for Allah to administer. Quran chapter 10, verse 20. Say, none in the heavens and earth knows the unseen except Allah, and they do not perceive when they will be resurrected. Quran chapter 27, verse 65. Based on this, Islam strictly prohibits consulting fortune tellers, uh, chervoyants, and the like. Based on this, Islam strictly prohibits consulting fortune tellers, uh, clairvoyants, and the like. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, said, If anyone consults a fortune teller or soothsayer and believes in what he or she says, then that person has disbelieved in what was revealed to Muhammad, peace be upon him. This is recorded by Bukhari and Abu Dawood. 8. Revival of the Prohibition of Witchcraft The Old Testament quotation above Leviticus 19.26 makes it clear that witchcraft is prohibited in the teachings of Moses, Jesus, and all the prophets, peace be upon them all. The reason for this is that sorcerers and practitioners of the occult seek satanic assistance to do their magic and this is against the teachings of all the prophets islam revived the prohibition of witchcraft prophet muhammad peace be upon him said avoid the seven great destructive sins his companions asked "O oh allah's messenger what are they he said to worship others besides allah to practice sorcery recorded by bukhari and muslim Revival of the prohibition of harmful practices. Revival of the prohibition of harmful practices. Without doubt, the doctrinal teachings about the nature of Allah and Jesus were revived by the religion of Islam. At the same time, some of the prohibitions related to practices that are harmful to the individual and or to society taught by Jesus and the earlier prophets were revived as well. 9. Revival of the prohibition of taking interest. 
Upholding the law, Prophet Jesus opposed the giving or taking of interest because the text of the Old Testament expressly forbid interest. You shall not charge interest on loans to your brother, interest on money, interest on food, interest on anything that is lent for interest. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 19. Islam revived what Jesus taught regarding the prohibition of interest. O you who have believed, fear Allah and give up what remains due to you of interest if you should be believers. Quran chapter 2 verse 278. There is great wisdom in the prohibition of interest. Firstly, the one who earns income through interest does so without working for it, whereas Islam strongly encourages working for a living. Secondly, the one who borrows does so due to a lack of financial resources, but the interest creates an even greater debt burden because the borrower must repay the principal coupled with interest charges. Thirdly, a system based on interest can lead to inflation, recession, and even a complete collapse of financial markets as we have witnessed in our time. Many nations in both the developed and developing worlds have become enslaved by the system of usury and interest. It is undisputed that the 208-209 world economic downturn and possible collapse of many world economies, which started in the United States and spread to Europe and Asia, was caused directly by excessive lending in amounts several times more than the actual worth of the assets and loans. The interest charges were spread over many uh, resold loans, resulting in an exaggerated and unrealistic inflation of the value of the actual money lent. This false representation of value meant that it would be impossible for most debtors or debtors to pay back such loans. Allah the Almighty forbade usury in three places in the Quran, chapter 2, verse 275 and 278, uh, chapter 3, verse 103, chapter 4, verse 161. Those who consume interest cannot stand on the day of resurrection, except as one stands who is being beaten by Satan into insanity. That is because they say trade is just like interest, but Allah has permitted trade, and has forbidden interest. So whoever has received an admonition from his Lord and desist may have what is past and his affairs rest with Allah. But whoever returns to dealing in interest or usury, those are the companions of the fire. They will abide eternally there in Quran chapter 2 verse 275. In Islam, the distinction between legitimate, allowed and forbidden practices is very clear. Islam permits loans and the borrowing of money, but without interest charges. In fact, the Quran highly encourages forgiving a debt in order to remove the hardship from the borrower, especially if he or she is in financial difficulties. Allah has promised a great reward for the one who is able to make this sacrifice. Muslims who abide by the rules consequently never suffer negative uh, repercussions. In contrast, when human beings disobey God Almighty, they are engulfed by disastrous results. These may come in the form of threats to health, financial collapse, breakup of the social fabric, and much more. So it's clear that Islam warns people about many serious ailments affecting our societies in this day and age. It is equally clear that these problems are recognized by the world community as harmful. This is a powerful sign that Islam is the true religion and that Allah, hallowed is He, is the true God, the one and only divine Lord and Savior. 10. Revival of the prohibition of consuming pork. Jesus followed the laws of Moses and did not eat pork at all. And the swine because it parts the hoof. And the swine because it parts the hoof and is cloven footed but does not chew the cut is unclean to you. You shall not eat any of their flesh and you shall not touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. Leviticus chapter 11 verses 7 and 8. Nevertheless, most Christians today eat pork. Islam revived 
the prohibition of consuming the meat of the pig. Allah has mentioned he has only forbidden to you dead animals, blood, the flesh of swine, and that which has been dedicated to other than Allah. But whoever is forced by necessity, neither desiring it nor transgressing its limits, there is no sin upon him. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Quran chapter 2, verse 173. 11. A revival of the prohibition of consuming blood. Jesus also did not eat anything containing blood, nor did he consume blood itself. God or Allah is God. Allah is recorded as having instructed Prophet Moses in the Torah. Only you shall not eat the blood, you shall pour it upon the earth like water. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 16. You shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. You shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 26. This prohibition has been revived in many verses of the Quran, one of which mentions, say, I do not find within that which was revealed to me anything forbidden to one who would eat it unless it be a dead animal or blood spilled out or the flesh of a swine, for indeed it is impure. Quran chapter 6 verse 145. 12. Revival of the prohibition of adultery. The Bible says about adultery, 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 you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart if your right eye causes you to sin tear it out and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than uh, that you your whole body be thrown into hell and if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than that you your whole body go into hell matthew chapter 5 verses 27 to 30. islam revived the prohibition of adultery the prohibition of adultery by considering fornication to be amongst the strictly forbidden acts allah the most high mentioned and those who do not invoke with allah another deity or kill the soul which allah has forbidden to be killed except by right and do not commit unlawful sexual intercourse and whoever should do that will meet a penalty. Quran chapter 25 verse 68. Footnote. Quran chapter 2 verse 173 mentioned earlier prohibits the meat of the pig, pork, ham, ham, etc. as well as the blood of any animal, even if the animal is lawful to eat. Blood must be drained from the slaughtered animal before preparing the meat for eating. And those who do not invoke with Allah another city, another deity, and those who do not invoke with Allah another deity or kill the soul which Allah has forbidden to be killed except by right and do not commit al and do not commit unlawful sexual intercourse, and whoever should do that will meet uh, a penalty. Quran chapter twenty five verse sixty eight and do not approach unlawful sexual intercourse, indeed it is ever an immorality and is evil as a way. Quran chapter seventeen verse thirty two. As a precaution against adultery and fornication, all acts which might lead to them are also prohibited. Thus, Islam has strictly forbidden men from being alone with non-mahram women, mixing with them freely or even shaking hands with them. At the same time, it encourages men and women to address modestly and to speak to non-mahrams with a firm business-like voice that is not enticing. At this point, one may inquire about the wisdom behind the prohibition of adultery. The answer is that premarital and extramarital relationships are destructive to the family system that is so precious in Islam. Intimate relationships outside the sacred bond of marriage have numerous harmful effects, including diseases such as HIV slash AIDS and children who are looked down upon in society and considered to be and considered to be without a lineage. Footnote, the word mahram is a man with whom marriage is not permitted, for example, a woman's brother or father. Non-mahram men are those who, whom a woman is permitted to marry. 
revival of uh, various other beneficial practices along with the doctrinal teachings about the nature of Allah and Jesus that were revived by the religion of Islam, some of the detailed practices pertaining to everyday life which Jesus and the earlier prophets had taught by example were revived as well. Our list continues with a few examples of those teachings. 13. Revival of ablution before prayer. The significance of ablution is evident when we recall that it is a form of preparation for prayer whereby worshippers cleanse themselves before they stand before Allah, the Creator. Jesus used to wash his limbs before performing the prayer in compliance with Old Testament teachings. Moses and Aaron have been recorded as doing the same. He set the basin between the tent of meeting. He set the base, uh, the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet, as the Lord commanded Moses. This is in Exodus 40, uh, verses 30 to 32. Islam revived ablution for a prayer. The Quran has instructed, "O you have, O you who have believed, when you rise to perform prayer." wash your faces and your forearms to the elbows and wipe over your heads and wipe over your heads and wash your feet to the ankles quran chapter 5 verse 6 uh, prophet muhammad may peace and a blessing fall upon him taught his followers through his uh, statements and his example that ablution includes washing the hands rinsing the mouth washing the face washing the arms wiping the head and finally washing the feet. 14. Revival of performing prayers physically. Jesus performed his prayers physically, not just through supplication. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. Uh, sorry, in Mark chapter 14, verse 32 states, it states, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And they went to a place called uh, Get. Uh, or Gethsemane, Gethsemane, or Gethsemane, and he, Jesus, said to his disciples, "Sit here while I pray." Luke five, chapter sixteen says, "But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray." Islam revived prayers as a main act of worship, as a main act of worship. In a numerous Quranic verses, Allah the Exalted has instructed believers to perform prayers. For example, an established prayer and gives zakat the obligatory alms and bow with those who bow in worship and obedience. Quran chapter 2 verse 43. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, taught his followers through words and actions that performing prayers includes standing up, bowing and prostrating. Interestingly, the manner of performing prayer that Jesus taught is more in line with the way Muslims pray than with what Christians do today. According to Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23, God is reported to have said, To me every knee shall bow. Jesus is described in the Gospels as prostrating during prayer. The method of prostration in prayer followed by Jesus was not of his own making. It was the mode of prayer of the prophets before him. In the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 17, verse 3, Prophet Abraham is recorded to have fallen on his face in prayer. In Numbers 16, chapter 16, verse 22, and chapter 20, verse 6, both Moses and Aaron are recorded to have fallen on their faces in worship. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, uh, chapter 7, verse 6, Joshua fell on his face to the earth in worship. In 1 Kings 18, chapter 18, verse 42, Elijah bowed down on the ground and uh, put his face between his knees. This was the way of the prophets. Uh, Christians today kneel down, clasping their hands in a posture which cannot be ascribed to Jesus or others. In many of his statements, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, taught his followers the manner of prayer including bowing down and prostrating to Allah. 15. Revival of compulsory compulsory charity zakah. Jesus, peace be upon him, confirmed the institution of compulsory charity known as the tithe, tenth, which was required from the annual harvest 
You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 22. The Quran is a revival of Jesus' teachings. It teaches Muslims to pay charity at the time of harvest. Allah mentioned and he it is who causes gardens to grow both trellised and untrellised and palm trees and crops of different kinds of food and olives and uh, pomegranate, pomegranates similar and dissimilar eat of each of its fruit when it yields and give its due zakat on the day of its harvest and be not excessive indeed he does not like those who commit excess Quran chapter 6 verse 141 the system of charity is well organized it sets uh, different rates for cash precious metals various uh, trade goods agricultural products and cattle the purpose of charity is very well defined it is to provide social support to the needy people in the community not to provide a comfortable living for clerics <clears throat> the categories of those who are eligible to receive such charity have also been clearly defined in the quran you may see uh, nine chapter nine verse 60 in islam the zakah is obligatory but voluntary charity is also highly promoted and encouraged often muslims voluntarily give far more from their wealth than the obligatory minimum amount allah promises great rewards for donors who give charity based on sincere intentions throughout the history of islam there are many accounts of people who gave their entire wealth to the poor seeking allah's pleasure through this remarkable remarkable act of of charity footnotes the zakah do is one-tenth if the field is naturally irrigated e.g. by rain and one-twentieth if it is artificially irrigated by the farmer's own efforts this obligatory charity is levied on other material resources like trade and livestock as well for example the amount of zakah for cash that has been held for at least one year is 2.5 percent 16 revival of fasting according to the gospels jesus fasted for 40 days matthew chapter 4 verse 2 says matthew chapter 4 verse 2 says and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards he was hungry this was in accordance with the practice of the earlier prophets moses also recorded in exodus chapter 34 verse 28 to have fasted it says and he was there with the lord 40 days and 40 nights he neither ate bread nor drank water and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant the ten commandments the quran is a revival of many of the teachings of jesus and moses it teaches the believers to fast during the month of ramadan allah has mentioned in the quran that fasting is a enjoy is enjoined on the muslims as it was enjoined on previous nations O you who have believed, decreed upon you is fasting as it was decreed upon those before you that you may become righteous. Quran chapter 2 verse 183. In addition, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, affirmed that Prophet David used to fast regularly. He said, the best manner of voluntary fasting is that of my brother David, who used to fast every, every other day, recorded by Bukhari and Muslim. 17. Revival of greeting with the uh, supplication of peace. The greeting of peace was mentioned in the Old Testament. So David sent 10 young men and David said to the young men, go up to Carmel and go to Nepal and greet him, uh, uh, and greet him in my name. And uh, thus they shall greet him. Peace be uh, to you and peace be to your house and peace be to all that you have first samuel chapter 25 verses 5 and 6 according to the new testament jesus greeted his followers with a greeting of peace as they were talking about these things jesus himself stood among them and said to them peace to you uh, luke chapter 24 verse uh, 36 jesus said to them again peace be uh, with you as for the as the father has sent me even so i am sending you john chapter 20 verse 21 
Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood up, or stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. John 20, verse 26. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to, his, to this house. Luke chapter 10, verse 5. Followers of Judaism have continued to use this as a greeting. In Hebrew, Shalom Aleikum. Christians do not use this as a greeting, but some denominations have a right of peace as part of their church services. In 1969, the Catholic Church introduced the sign of peace during the Mass when when churchgoers turn to those around them, shake hands and say, Peace be with you. As a religion of peace and respect for others, Islam revived this noble greeting. The Quran instructs all those who enter homes to give the greetings of peace, and Allah has instructed the believers to greet each other with peace as well. And when those come to you who believe in our verses, say, Peace be, uh, peace be upon you. Quran chapter 6, verse 54. Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him, also taught his followers to give this greeting whenever they met each other. other. The greeting of peace extends even to the heavens. The angels will greet those who enter paradise with the same greetings of peace. To this day, Muslims around the world, no matter their national origin or native language, and no matter whether or not they know each other, greet one another with one another greet one another with the Arabic phrase Assalamu alaikum peace be upon you 18 revival of veiling hijab for women the women around Jesus veiled themselves according to the practice of women around the earlier prophets their garments were loose and covered their bodies completely they and they were and they wore scarves which covered their hair and Rebecca and and Rebecca lifted up her eyes and when she saw Isaac she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant who is that man walking in the field to meet us the servant said it is my master so she took her veil and covered herself Genesis chapter 24 verses 64 and 65 Islam encourages decency and modest dress for both men and women Muslim women are instructed to cover their bodies and to wear veils that cover their heads and chest allah has mentioned and tell the believing woman to reduce some of their vision and guard their private parts and not expose their adornment except that which necessarily appears thereof and to wrap a portion of their head covers over their chest and not expose their adornment Quran chapter 24 verse 31 Veiling as a part of modest dress uh, protects women from possible social harm and discourages males from approaching females whilst dishonorable intentions. Uh, Allah instructed, O Prophet, tell your wives and your daughters and the women of the believers to bring down over themselves part of their outer garments that is more suitable that they will be known and not be abused. And ever is Allah forgiving and merciful. Quran chapter 33 verse 59. In today's society, disregard for the hijab and for modesty in general is one factor that has led to women being treated as objects whereby their bodies are used as commodities from which to acquire pleasure. It is no surprise then that many companies use women as advertising props to entice customers into purchasing their products. The fact remains that even in the eyes of those who use women as objects, uh, only those who keep more of their bodies covered and hidden from the public eye are regarded as modest. 19. Revival of uh, polygyny. There is no record of Prophet Jesus uh, opposing polygyny. The Old Testament records a number of examples of polyg uh, polygamous uh, marriages among the prophets including these so after abraham after abraham Abra abraham had lived 10 years in the land of canaan sarai abraham's sarai abraham's wife took hagar the egyptian her servant and gave her to abraham uh, her husband as a wife genesis chapter 16 verse 3 and david lived with the ashish at gath and David lived uh, with Ashish at Gathi and his men, every man with his household, and David with his two wives, 
a hinom of Jezreel Giz, and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. First Samuel chapter 27 verse 3, Solomon is said to have had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 uh, concubines. First Kings uh, chapter 11 verse 3, Solomon's son Rehoboam took 18 wives and 60 concubines. Second Chronicles chapter 11 verse 21. The Old Testament even specified laws regarding the division of inheritance in polygamous circumstances, which indicates that the practice was a normal one in the society. See Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 15 and 16. Jewish law actually requires polygyny in some situations. If a man dies without children, his wife is required to marry his brother, even if the brother is already married. The reason is that to produce an heir for her deceased husband and her first child is considered to be his heir. Islam revived polygyny, this practice of earlier prophets, but it imposed stringent restrictions. It permits a man to marry to up to to four women with strict conditions stipulating justice and equal treatment among the wives as the basic condition for polygyny. Allah has stated, marry those that please you of other women, two or three or four. But if you fear that you will not be just, then marry only one or those your right hand possesses. Quran chapter 2 verse 3. The only restriction on polygamy, polygyny recorded in earlier scriptural teaching was the ban uh, in Leviticus 18.18 on taking a wife's sister as a a rival wife. This law is applied in Islam as well as stated in Quran chapter 4 verse 23. 20 revival of male circumcision. Jesus was circumcised according to Luke chapter 2 verse 21 and at the end of eight days when he was circumcised he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Prophet Abraham peace may peace be upon him when the Quran tells us was neither a Jew. Uh, Prophet Abraham, whom the Quran tells us was neither a Jew or a Christian, was the first to be circumcised according to the Old Testament. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you uh, you throw throw out their uh, generations. this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring uh, after you. Every, every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old, you shall be circumcised. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Genesis 17 verses 9 to 12. Today, circumcision is not widely treated as a religious or legal requirement among Christians. And rates of circumcision vary across different countries. Although it is a controversial topic for some, the medical benefits have been documented. In 2012, the American Academy of Pediatrics website published its circumcision policy statement stating, Evaluation of current evidence indicates that the health benefits of a newborn male's circumcision outweigh the risks and that the procedure's benefits justify access to this procedure for families who choose it. Specific benefits identified included uh, prevention of urinary tract infections, penile cancer, and transmission of some sexually transmitted infections including HIV. According to the World Health Organization website, there is compelling evidence that male circumcision that male circumcision, circumcision reduces the risk of heterosexuality, acquired HIV infection in men by approximately 60%. There is a compelling evidence that male circumcision reduces the risk of heterosexuality uh, acquired HIV 
infection in men by approximately 60%. Islam revives uh, male circumcision and makes it a requirement. Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said there are five practices which correspond with with the natural human inclination, shaving pubic hair and uh, underarm hair, male circumcision, trimming the mustache and trimming uh, finger nails and toe nails, recorded by Bukhari, Muslim and others. Conclusion, Islam revived the faith of other prophets, which is based upon the belief in one God, Allah. Uh, along with belief, they revived many rules and practices related to morality, justice, and pure living. Hence, hence the Islamic uh, way of life is much closer to that of Jesus and the previous prophets, peace be upon them all, than that of any other group of people who claim to be their followers. Footnote, although circumcision is highly recommended for a man who becomes Muslim, Islamic scholars say that that if he is unable to do it, it should not be insisted upon, and this does not affect the validity of his embracing Islam. Why Islam? Every person should revert to Islam because it is the birth right of every person and the original imprint on every human soul at birth. Every person should revert to Islam because Allah has sealed and superseded all previous messages with Islam. Allah has mentioned to all people, this day I have perfected for you your religion and completed my favor upon you and have approved for you Islam as a religion. Quran chapter 5 verse 3. Every person should revert to Islam because people in every era must worship their Lord Allah according, according to the law prescribed by him as revealed to his prophet Muhammad. May peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. This, uh, sorry, the tribes of Israel, for example, were ordered to worship Allah according to the law of Moses. When a prophet Jesus was sent to them, they were ordered to worship Allah according to what was prescribed uh, in the gospel. Then when Allah sent Prophet Muhammad, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, with the message of Islam to all people, it became incumbent on all people, the tribes of Israel and others, to enter Islam. After all, what could be more serious, what could be more serious than the rejection of the religion which the creator and sustainer of everything has enjoined upon all people? Indeed, this is the greatest injustice committed by human beings. It is sad but true that if a person dies in this state, he or she will be punished and cast into hell, into the hellfire to live there for eternity. This concept has been emphasized hundreds of times in the Quran and in the statements of Prophet Muhammad. May peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him. Allah has mentioned, and whoever desires other than Islam as Religion never will it be accepted from him, and he in the hereafter will be among the here the, will be among the losers. Will be among the losers. Quran chapter three verse eighty five. Also, Prophet Muhammad may peace and blessing be upon him said, "Whoever among the Christians and Jews hears of me does not follow what I have brought, and dies in this state will be among the inhabitants of hellfire." Recorded by Muslim. Note that Allah was reported to have said in a proper in a prophecy. Note that Allah has. Note that Allah was reported to have said in a prophecy, and whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it, will require it of him. Deuteronomy chapter eighteen verse nineteen. Since it has been proven that the prophet referred to here is Muhammad, may peace and a blessing all be upon him. This means that whoever believes in the Bible must believe in this prophet and in what this prophet says, otherwise they will be called to account for that. After they realize who this prophet is, it follows logically that they must adhere to his teachings. There are those who may not accept Islam because they think that becoming a Muslim means turning one's back on all the previous prophets sent by Allah. 
This is a false concept because of the following. Firstly, belief in all the prophets of Allah is a pillar of Islamic faith. Hence, one is not a believing Muslim unless he or she believes in Jesus, Moses, and all the other prophets, peace be upon them, or peace be upon them all. Secondly, belief in the prophets is a part of what each prophet taught. In other words, every prophet called his people to believe in the prophet who would come after him and to follow that prophet whenever he uh, appeared. Therefore, rejecting a prophet <coughs> amounts to rejecting his predecessor. Thirdly, rejecting any prophet amounts to rejecting the one who sent Allah. Fourthly, Islam promises great rewards to the followers of uh, previous faiths if they believe in Islam in addition to their previous faith. The Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Three people have a double reward, a person from the people of the scripture, the Jews and the Christians who believed in his prophet Jesus and Moses, and then believes in prophet Muhammad by embracing Islam, recorded by Bukhari. The first reward is for believing in their previous religion before knowing what before knowing about Islam. The second reward is for recognizing the truth of Islam and following it. From the Islamic perspective, the relationship among the prophets are like the relationship among the links in a chain. Rejecting, rejecting one of them amounts to rejecting all of them. Likewise, becoming a Muslim means having the honor of believing in all the prophets and messengers who came before Prophet Muhammad, may peace and a blessing fall be upon him, and not turning one's back on any previous prophets. Finally, we have to accept Islam because Islam has revived the eternal divine teachings that had been either forgotten, lost, or distorted in the previous messages. Islam retains and maintains the practical teachings mentioned in the previous scriptures as originally revealed, which are part of the birthright of all people until the day of this world. A call to reason, a concluding suggestion. Consider what everyone has in common. Come, let us reason together. Say, O people of the scripture, come to a word that is equitable between us and you, that we will not worship except Allah, and not associate anything with him, and not take one another as lords instead of Allah. But if they turn away, then say, bear witness that we are Muslims submitting to him submitting to him quran chapter 3 verse 64 in the noble quran people of the scripture is the respectful title given to the jews and the christians muslims are being commanded to invite them with noble and respectful words all people of the book all learned people all people who claim to be the recipients of divine revelation of a holy scripture let us gather onto a common platform that we worship none but allah because none but him is worthy of worship and because he is our Lord and cherisher, our sustainer and evolver, worthy of all praise, prayer and devotion. These truths are basic and an integral part of any human being's intellect. Sort through the layers of indoctrination that hide this, uh, uh, that hide this uh, simple fact and one will be able to see that deep down every human being retains the simple and obvious concept of Allah. In essence, every human being agrees that there is only one God worthy of worship, one God who is free of uh, partners, helpers, and anything that is ascribed to him falsely. This is it. In this book, you have been shown the right path and Allah has given you the ability to distinguish right from wrong. He has also given you the freedom of choice as to whether or not to accept the message of Islam. If you accept his call, you will be warmly welcomed into paradise. If you reject it, you will end up with the biggest loss ever imagined, the loss of paradise and the guarantee of dwelling in hellfire for all eternity. Take a moment to comprehend what eternity really means, it is a very uh, frightening realization. To those who have been faithful Christians, you are warmly welcome to embrace Islam because Jesus asked his followers to follow Muhammad, peace, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, who, whenever he appeared.
Uh, when Jesus comes back before the end of this world, he will follow Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, and abide by his teachings. Yet, since Jesus called uh, his true followers to follow it while he was on the earth, and he will follow Islam when he comes back, all faithful Christians should follow Islam as well. Yet, yes, sorry, yes, since Jesus called his true followers to follow it, while he was on the earth and he will follow Islam when he comes back, all faithful Christians should follow Islam as well. To those who have been believing Jews, remember that Abraham and Moses surrounded, sorry, surrendered themselves. Remember that Abraham and Moses surrendered themselves completely to their Lord, whether they called him Elohino, Elohino, God or Allah. All the pride in ethnicity or ancestry is vain. What will matter in the end is your individual relationship with your Creator. This means total submission, Islam. To those of other faiths or those who until now did not feel that they had any faith at all, consider this message now without any reluctance or hesitation before it is too late, before, uh, before death, before death, overtakes you before death overtakes you it could be soon who knows a whisper uh, some people are not able to find the truth because of their blind commitment to their beliefs their tenacious adherence is usually not based on an intellectual understanding of teachings of the teachings but on powerful cultural emo and emotional influences because they were brought up in a particular family or society they firmly they firmly cling to the beliefs of that group believing that they are upholding the truth there are others who are convinced about the religion of islam and are mentally ready to come to embrace it however when they contemplate the drastic changes it will bring to their lives changes that might not please their families and communities they hesitate they hesitate and even after taking the decision they sometimes go back and change their minds later. It is whispered in their ears that no matter how much money, prestige, status, and power an unbeliever may have possessed in this life, he or she will never have enough to buy entrance into paradise. In the hereafter, the poorest inhabitants of earth who has testified to the truth of Islam will be far happier and more dignified than the richest than the richest person who did not accept the message of Islam. Rejecting Allah's message is the biggest sin that one can commit. For this reason, while the soul is still in his or her body, the wise individual should take this opportunity. He or she is still alive to accept Allah's message before it is too late. The time for repentance is limited because once death arrives, it is no longer possible to obtain forgiveness. Allah has mentioned for such is the state of the disbelievers until when the death when death comes to one of them he says my lord send me back that i might be that i i might do righteousness in that which i left behind no it is only a word he is saying quran chapter 23 verses 99 and 100 religion is without question the most important aspect of a person's life for it determines whether or not a person is rightly guided it follows therefore it follows therefore that choosing the true faith is the most important personal decision one must make and this decision needs to be based on clarity and total conviction when it comes to matters of religion and creed nothing must be left to chance because the one who is truly guided as opposed to the one who is not well surely who 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 is not well uh, surely find eternal happiness in the hereafter having been presented with the previous proofs we should uh, use our intellect to analyze this and, and reason a crossroad has been reached and Allah glorified uh, is he calls on all people to follow the clear straight road and avoid all the murky dubious ones the right path has now become distinct from the wrong path as allah has mentioned in the quran there shall be no compulsion in religion in accepting of the religion the right course has become clear from the wrong so whoever 
disbelieves in taqut and believes in Allah has grasped the most trustworthy handhold with no break in it and Allah is hearing and knowing Quran chapter 2 verse 254 uh, 256 sorry it is my duty and responsibility as a resident of this great planet and as one who has submitted my free will to the law and commandments of the supreme being to urge all human beings to stay away from the worship of false deities to stop putting their faith in statues uh, uh, phoenixes phoenixes figures amulets talismans uh, horseshoes and any other objects that have been manufactured by humans or created by god after first repenting after first repenting a person should submit completely to the will of allah the only god of the universe how to become a muslim every religion has its own requirements for conversion someone who wants to become jewish must pledge all of the following one to enter the eternal covenant between god and the people of israel and to become a jew of his or her own free will two to accept judaism to the exclusion of all other religious faiths and practices which means to deny the prophethood of jesus and muhammad may peace and blessing all be upon him to deny the revelations that god sent to humankind through them through them three and undivided loyalty to Judaism and to the Jewish people under all circumstances. Four, to commit to learning the Torah and other Jewish knowledge and raise his or her children as Jews. As Jews. To be a Christian, one must, one, believe that God, Allah, has a partner, a mother, and a son. Two, believe that every new born baby is born sinful three believe that god became a man and descended to earth to die for the sins of people of the people deny the prophethood of muhammad may peace and blessing all be upon him publicly and deny the quran as uh, a revelation from from allah the exalted however to become a muslim is simple one must Bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. In other words, disown all false gods. Two, bear witness that Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, is his messenger. Believe in all the six articles of faith and worship Allah as taught by Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. Hence, becoming a Muslim is a simple and easy process. If anyone has a real desire to be a Muslim and has full belief that Islam is the true religion of God, all he or she needs to do is to pronounce the Shahada, the testimony of faith. Pronunciation of this uh, testimony with a sincere heart brings the person into the false fold of Islam. It bring, brings a person into the fold of Islam. It is the main gateway to Islam. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said, Whoever testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, who has no partner, that Muhammad is his slave and messenger, that Jesus is the slave of Allah, his prophet and his word, which he bestowed, uh, which he bestowed on Mary and the spirit created from him, that paradise, heaven is true and that the hellfire is true, Allah will eventually admit him into paradise according to his deeds according to his deeds recorded by Bukhari. The first part of the testimony consists of the most important words of truth that Allah has ever revealed to his noble uh, prophets. There is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, he has stated. And he sent not before you any messenger except that we reveal to him that there is no deity except me, so worship me. Footnotes. The words of the shahada are ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah i testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except allah and i testify that muhammad is his slave and messenger another footnote it means that jesus was created when allah said the word be when he said it jesus was created in the womb of his mother mary 
Bearing this testimony implies that all forms of worship, whether praying, fasting, supplicating, seeking refuge, or offering an animal as sacrifice, must be directed to Allah and to Him alone. Directing any form of worship to other than Allah, whether to an angel, a prophet, Jesus, Muhammad, peace be upon him, a saint, uh, an idol, a statue, the sun, the moon, a tree, a cross, or anything else, contradicts the fundamental message not only of Islam but of all the prophets. It is uh, an unforgivable sin in the hereafter, so one must repent before death. The second part of the testimony means that Prophet Muhammad is the slave and the chosen messenger of Allah. This implies that a true Muslim obeys and follows the commands of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him, as mentioned in the collections of his hadiths. One must believe in what he has said, practice his teachings, and avoid what he has forbidden because the hadiths were in fact revelations and inspiration conveyed to him by God or by Allah. As mentioned earlier, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was sent in in order to implement the Quran in a practical way through his uh, sayings, deeds, and legislation, as well as all other facets of his uh, life. While his wife, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, was asked about his character, she replied the character was uh, that of the Quran, recorded by Muslim and uh, Abu Dawood. Hence, uh, to truly adhere to the second part of the shahada is to follow his example in all walks of life. Allah has mentioned, say, O Muhammad, if you should love Allah, then follow me so Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. And Allah is forgiving and merciful. Quran chapter 3 verse 31. A true Muslim must strive to mold his or her life and character to emulate the Prophet Muhammad. May peace and blessing be upon him, for he was a living example for human beings to follow. Allah has said to his Prophet, uh, and indeed, you are of a great moral character. Quran chapter 68, verse 4. And, and Allah has also said to all people, there has certainly been for you in the, messenger of, in the messenger of Allah an excellent pattern for anyone whose hope is in Allah and the last day and who remembers Allah often. Quran chapter 33, verse 21. When one enters the fold of Islam, all previous sins are forgiven. One starts a new life of piety and righteousness since he or she, in essence, has repented from the ways and beliefs of the previous life. One must, sorry, one man told the Prophet, one man told the Prophet, may peace be upon him, that he would accept Islam only under the condition that Allah would forgive his sins. The Prophet Muhammad, may peace and Allah be upon him, asked him, do you not know that accepting Islam destroys all sins that came before it, recorded by Muslim. As soon as a person accepts Islam, he or she is free of all previous sins. The person's record is wiped clean as if he or she was born that very day. One should try as much as possible to keep his or her records clean and strive to do as many good deeds as possible. The more good deeds, the more he or she will be elevated in paradise. It should be emphasized again that accepting Islam does not mean turning your back on the messages of previous prophets, peace be upon them all. Indeed, it's a fulfillment of those messages. Therefore, if you are a Jew or a Christian, accepting Islam and following Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing fall upon him, is a fulfillment of the messages which Moses and Jesus, peace be upon them, brought as has been clearly described and proven in my book, The Amazing Prophecies of Muhammad uh, in the Bible. 28 proofs from the Bible of Muhammad's prophethood. On the other hand, rejecting Islam means turning your back not only on Prophet Muhammad, may the blessing peace be upon him, but also on Prophets Moses and Jesus. Uh, Doing so is actually a clear violation of their messages and it diminishes your hopes or your hope of paradise and in the hereafter. It is now up to you to decide where your own future home will be. I wish you all the best. Remember this. To accurately identify the true religion, you must maintain an objective point of view, one which does not allow your emotions to cloud your vision and thereby blind you to the truth.
Indeed, you must look at all issues rationally so that you can separate truth from falsehood, then make a judgment and follow it with sincere prayers, uh, asking the Almighty to guide you to the right uh, path. Now that you have read this book and examined the evidence regarding the truthfulness of Islam, I pray to God Almighty that you can and will make the right choice. I invite you to choose Islam as your way of life and to get yourself on the right path. La ilaha illallah, there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, Muhammad or Rasulullah. Muhammad is the messenger of God. May the light of truth shine in our minds and our hearts. May it lead us to peace and certitude in this life and to eternal bliss in the hereafter. Kind regards, Majid is a Rasi phone zero zero nine six six zero five five. Sorry, zero uh, zero. I will repeat that zero zero nine six six five zero five nine zero six seven six one. Gmail email Majid dot Rasi A L R A S S I. Uh, at gmail.com majidarrasi at gmail.com Alhamdulillah Praise be to Allah